this is Genoa. This is Yusuf. And this is In Flight Entertainment. Yes. All right. We are still in December. Uh, we're going to hit you uh, with the holiday movies now in the non-traditional sense. <laughs> Since uh, we did the Christmas classic, Die Hard 1, uh, you guys can go back and check that out. Uh, we're gonna do the follow-up this time uh, in the form of Die Hard 2, the 1990 summer blockbuster. Damn, 1990. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, and for all those people saying that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, um, we will just agree to disagree yes. uh, and move on from there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, if you're not cool with how we slot this, the Die Hard movie, at least one and two in, then uh, yeah, you probably want to cut off our uh, recording right now. <laughs> and, and just, just, just move along. Just, just move along. Just move along. Watch it. Grinch stole Christmas. You know, it's a wonderful life. You know, you got that and we appreciate it. But yep. Yep. yeah, but this is our Christmas. <laughs> yes. All right. So what's the, uh, I would be on this one. Okay, so according to IMDb, John McClane attempts to avert disaster as rogue military operatives seize, seize control of Dulles International Airport in Washington, D.C. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, good, that is like, correct, yeah. but it, it's, yeah, that is what it is. <laughs> I guess at this point in time, like IMDb in movies that are like more than 30 years old are just like, you guys have seen it. Do you really need a description? Just here you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so returning as the title character of John McLean, uh, we have Bruce Willis and Bonnie Bedelia returns as the wife Holly McLean now. Was Holly Gennaro in the first one, but they patched things up and they're cool again. Bruce Willis, Bobby Bedelia, um, we have William Sattler as the new villain, villain Colonel Stewart. Uh, we have Dennis Franz and returning from the first uh, familiar, familiar face from the first uh, Die Hard. We have William Atthorn as uh, Richard Thornburg and Reginald Bell Johnson as Sergeant Al Powell, or he's a lieutenant at this point. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he's the lieutenant. Um, and for those that don't remember, Thornburg is like the obnoxious reporter from the first movie. Um, and this time he is stuck on the airplane with Holly McLean. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, because it, this takes place at the airport. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. So takes place Christmas Eve, everyone. It takes place on Christmas Eve. Christmas, y'all. It's a Christmas movie. Um, and, uh, pretty much, you know, McLean is just waiting for, you know, his wife playing the land so they can spend Christmas with the parents because it's, because her parents is there out in Washington, right? That's why they, they're yep, there. They flew, they flew across the country to go spend Christmas with the in-laws. Uh, yes. <laughs> and that is always, always a stressful time. Uh, according to people that are married and just to add to the stress 
John is at Dulles Airport, which is a crazy busy airport, and there's a blizzard coming in, and there's terrorists there. It's just like, <laughs> what else could go wrong? Yeah. Oh, I know what else could go wrong. Your car could get towed. <laughs> the in-laws' car, nonetheless. Uh, the brand new car that the in-laws are letting you use to pick up your wife. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the movie just starts off with odds not stacking up for our hero from jump. Like, the in-laws car is towed the first two minutes of the movie begins. Like, oh, man, this is not going to be good. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. And, at, and at the, in the same airport, another thing is brewing. Uh, so... I think a, a Fidel Castro type figure, right? I, let's just call him Fidel. <laughs> the, yeah, that hardest yeah. version of Fidel Castro is flying into Dulles. Uh, and that's where we have the terrorist element because they trying to intercept the plane and get the Castro figure and expedite the Castro figure out of the country. Right. They're trying to help him escape uh, for a nice fat payoff um, yeah. and using the airport as that that transport location. Exactly. So they so they literally hold the airport hostage in the form of taking control of the landing lights on the runway, shutting down the runway so no planes can land. And just like pandemonium is happening, but you know, John McClane being John McClane, you know, being an outsider trying to warn airport security that something is going down, and you got you need to look at this thing a little further. But you know, you have your lax airport security that's like, oh, it's Christmas Eve. It's not what we can do. There's too many people running through this airport. We're not sweeping for prints. It's just a punk stealing luggage. Let's just move on. Get out of here. You don't know what you're talking about. So that's kind of what John is up against throughout the whole movie. No one want to listen to him, but something is happening uh, until the shit literally hits the fan. And now everybody's like, oh, it's happening. And John McClane's like, oh, no shit. I'm trying to tell you guys. Um, that's usually the plot of a dollar. <laughs> well, yeah. So, but in the, in the original one, like in the original one, shit goes bad and then he's there to help it. Whereas in this one, he's like, oh, I'm uh, Sherlock Holmes and I noticed that someone took out an earbud and put it in their, dropped it on the ground or put it in their pocket and there must be something shady going on because of that. Like, <laughs> just seeing... I think, I think like that one scene at the beginning of the movie where he, he figures out something really bad is happening at the airport because someone takes out, um, an earpiece hmm. is, is what made me not like this movie. Spoiler so, alert. Um, versus well, the, the original one. Okay. Wait a minute. I'll try to rewind back. Okay. He, he noticed. So, so I'm trying to remember this. I did. I just watched that. So. At the beginning, like he gets his car towed, he right. goes inside, he, he gets a, a page on his beeper, he goes to the phones, he, he talks to a right. wife, right. she's going to be 30 minutes late because of the storm. So he goes into the bar and he's sitting at a table, like <sighs> drinking a coffee. And the bad guys are at another table across the way. And he notices that like 
there's three of them. One of them gets up and walks away. Right. And then two of them remain sitting there and he notices that one of them takes something out of his ear and drops it down, like, or puts it in his pocket. And he's like, something's bad going on here. Okay. I think we, I think we've seen it. I think we've seen this scene in a different way because I thought he was looking at the package that was under them. Remember? Cause the yeah. guy left. The, it, yes. It, he, they took out the ear pod and put it down in the package between their legs. And that's what sets them off to think that something bad is happening at the airport. You're at a fucking airport. People are sh- putting shit in their luggage all the time between their legs. I gotta watch this. Has scene. he yeah, never I been think- at an airport before? Uh, uh, yeah, I gotta watch that scene again. I think we got, I think we've seen that scene in two different ways. <laughs> Cause I was concentrating more on the package because it seemed like he was, they were doing like a shady switcheroo with that package. That's what he noticed. It's two, it's two people traveling together in an airport. There's like, here, watch my luggage while I go to the restroom. <laughs> What's shady about that? That's going to set someone off to think that the airport's being hijacked by tourists or terrorists. Well, I, I don't think he felt that out then. I believe what he said. No, because them. right after that scene, he goes up to the two cops. He is like, I think something bad is going on, but it's right. the cop that towed his car. So he's like, never <laughs> he's mind. Like, I thought mind. I saw Elvis. <laughs> and then he goes and like convinces the, the maintenance guy to let him into the baggage thing. And he's like, I need to get in there. I'm a cop. And then all of a sudden think people start shooting at him. It just seemed too contrived compared to the first movie where it seemed very natural. That someone gotcha. was hijacking a building. Gotcha. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I can see he was that. Like, he's like, I'm Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Someone put something in their bag. Something wrong as big is happening. But I mean, if you if you look at those three, they did look. There was nothing shiny happy about these these three dudes. They looked kind of militaryish. Like. You're stuck at an airport during a blizzard during the holidays. No one's shiny happy person at. at uh, airport in the holidays, one of the busiest travel days, and a blizzard. No, no one's happy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hey, cop instincts. All right, let's see, chop it up to cop instincts. And then, so his cop instincts, like, <laughs> like, kind of made the thing propel. Then he found out that the guy that he killed. Uh, had a Glock 19. It's a uh, Glock 19. It's not like a thug gun. It's like a gun that's like belongs to someone that's high. so he was doing his cop thing. You know, he was doing his New York cop stuff. <laughs> yes, but again, the villains went wrong. I mean, like, if someone's stopping you in the luggage area, you don't automatically start shooting at them across the way. Let them get... These are army people. These are military people. Why aren't they thinking about shit? Let the person person get a little bit closer so you can take them out versus shooting at them across all of the luggage stuff behind the scenes. Well, we wouldn't have a shootout there. That was the case, too. <laughs> but no. But it, look, I'm comparing it to the first one where you have scenes where the bad guy goes on the floor to investigate. And he's walking around. He just doesn't walk up to the floor and like shoot all over the place. I feel like the bad guys in this movie were very lazy, even though they were supposed to be trained military people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was a really big 
assignment for them. <laughs> they were calling. They were calling it in. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, they were. You know, it, it was. It was kind of like, hey, if we screw this up and Ka- we don't get Castro, I guess like Colonel Stewart's gonna kill us all. So we might as well try to do the best we can. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and and I'm gonna say on the record. Okay, Colonel Stewart, out of all the Dalhar villains, was the most vicious, relentless villain of all. Hans had the charm, Hans had the swag, but he did not have the villainy that Colonel Stewart had. So, Colonel Stewart was a psychopath. Yes. Whereas... Hans was. He was yeah. He was strategic. He was strategic. He's, yeah, he was a he was a chess master. Like yeah. You know, yes. Yeah. He was a chess master. Yeah, but Colonel Stewart was like. He was yeah. dead inside. He's a psychopath. He's there to kill people. He doesn't care if he takes out an entire airplane. He's yes. there to get the job done, and he will kill everyone that he can to do that. Yes. So yeah. yeah, yeah, he was the most vicious out of all the Dow Harvills. <laughs> so. I, I will agree with that. His men were idiots, though. Right. He needed he needed to kill off all of his men uh, and <laughs> hire new people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just like but with the theme of the fish out of water, out of his element, wrong place, wrong time. Of you know John McClane, you know he's trying to navigate this huge airport instead of being in the a, a, a building. Um, you know he gets he get alliances, he get help from the maintenance guy to kind of help him get through specific places in the airport. That's what I think. One thing I do like about this movie is like all the kind of supporting characters characters made sense like it's like it made sense from like to come across Marv because Marv knew the inner workings of the airport and kind of get him to certain paces to the airport faster you know it's like okay like all right Marv makes sense I like I like his character and uh what's the name Samantha Coleman the news lady you know like she makes sense at the end of the movie like yes she he needed her to get to the terrorists at the end to try to get to the plane. So, yep. like, far as that, like, I, I did like that a lot, you know. Uh, yes, Marvin, and who plays the, like, maintenance dude um, that lives in the tunnels. Yeah. Uh, and Samantha Coleman, the news reporter. I, I, did, I did like their two characters. Like, there's lots of good characters in this movie, but... There, I just I had issues with the storytelling. Mm. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, definitely wasn't as strong. Like this it, it felt like it was a money grab. They're like, okay, we have a good formula from Die Hard. Uh, let's apply it to a airport mm-hmm. uh, and make another Christmas movie. Right. But you know, both movies were based off of books, so yes, I, mean, I, yeah. I do know that. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, oh, let's just. Make an action movie with this book. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. if we go in there, yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I, I, and also, I remember the first time I see this in, in the movie, the 1990s. So, Flatliners, Young Guns 2, and Die Hard 2 came out that summer. 
I remember because I heard, like I, I I watched Flatliners. I snuck in the Young Guns too. I think that next weekend, I think me and my father went to see Die Hard too, and watching it for the first time, I was like, wow, like they 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 really like managed to put John McClane in some shit. And also, far as the villains, one, I would like to say casting um, uh, James Evans from Good Times as a military a special forces person, like, all right, like, you got me right there. Soon as I seen him walk out as a military, one of the military people, I'm like, okay, I'm all in. You got James from Good Times, <laughs> military get up. <laughs> I'm in. And also, yeah. and I, another thing I will say: first time I watched it, knowing that James military forces were, were in on it all along with the whole blank bullets and the real bullets thing. I thought that was kind of genius. Like, if you if you're a bad guy to have a plan, like a contingency plan like that, like I give Colonel Stewart like all the props for his plan. Like that was a good ass plan. Well, that that's because he's a psychopath, and yes. he was planning out all like potential scenarios. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he's also he's also like a military. Yeah. Dude, so of course he, he's looking at he's building contingency plans based on all that fun stuff. So that that does make sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I, I did I did dig the villain in this one. I'm like I have to step back and look at the villain plan. I'm like, damn, that, actually that was a pretty genius ass plan. If John McClane wasn't in the way to stop him. <laughs> yeah. So I did not see this at the movie theater. Uh, I, I waited until it was on TBS. And I have to say, it, it is one movie that I've seen multiple times, and I can never remember it just doesn't stick with me it's just mm. like if i'm gonna watch die hard i prefer the first one right. um obviously and the mm. new york one and the would have vengeance yeah yeah would have been yeah. with samuel L. jackson yeah. yeah it's only three die hard movies and it, it's not a fourth <laughs> it's not a fifth it's only a trilogy it's only three <clears throat> don't have anyone tell you otherwise it's only three dollars <laughs> there was no fourth or fifth no uh yeah but yeah yeah so yeah, it was and it's definitely 90s it's a definitely a 90s movies because they talk about beepers fax oh. machines yeah. <laughs> air phones <laughs> yeah it's definitely a movie of its time definitely also it is a pre uh, 9-11 movie because people can go anywhere in the airport. Um, mm. There's no like real security yeah. getting around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> definitely pre-9-11. Oh, yes. This is definitely 90s here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So pretty much he fools he fools the plans and he's, uh, he get the plane let all the planes land in a clever way that wraps it all up. And he's back with his uh, Holly and for Christmas. You know, all is right with the world until the third one. <laughs> until the third one, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is not a Christmas movie. It is a summer movie. Yeah. Um, That's a summer maybe movie. maybe we'll do it during the summer one time. Yes. Um, yeah. So we can wrap it up. So we can wrap up the trilogy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all um, right. So what's the rating? So our rating system: sit on the sofa and watch it. 
have it on in the background or go outside, ignore the movie altogether. Okay. Um, it's it sit down for me. It's, I'm, of course, I know it's not as superior as the masterpiece of the first hour. Okay. It's not. But for it to be a follow-up, it was a pretty damn solid sequel for me. I mean, I was definitely entertained. And actually re-watching it again and just watch it from the villain's perspective, they had a really good plan. And I really commend them for trying to pull off the Castro <laughs> kidnapping. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I do did appreciate the villains in the film, except for the lazy ones shooting across the, <laughs> the luggage thing. Right. Uh, they just were lazy. Yeah. But yes, the the villains that had the plan were way more smart um, in this movie. The underling villains were way lazier than the ones that we saw in the original Die Hard. Exactly. Um, oh, totally. You, like you say, you think they're a military, they'd be a little more, you know, yeah, Discip- disciplined. Yeah. Yes. Lobby. <laughs> judging the villains. Uh, for me, it's have on in the background. If I'm going to sit down and watch Die Hard, like I said, I'll watch the first one or the third one. Um, you know, yeah. it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. I just, I, it's one of those movies where I've seen it a bunch of times that I can never remember what happens. And then I watch <laughs> it. I'm like, Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> All that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, to your point, the villains are fantastic. And I think the reason why every time I watch it, I'm like, why am I watching this? Is It is because that opening scene where he figures out why every, like everything's about to go to shit at the airport where <laughs> I think I've spent so much time at airports. I'm like, that's, People act like that all the time. Mm, yeah. Just, Even more so now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I always think she's going to go down all the time at airports now. Everybody's just so off their kilter right now. So. <laughs> but yeah. anyway. And now with everyone wearing masks or when part of the people wearing masks, now it'll be really hard for him to figure out who the bad guys are. Everyone's in disguise. Nice. Maybe we need to remake this. Yeah. He's just like, oh, he was looking to the left a little too many. (laughs) 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 Let me follow him. (laughs) That'd be very hilarious. But yes, there you have it, guys. The follow-up Christmas movie of a Christmas movie that hard to. Um, uh, It's it's, it's on somebody's streaming service. It gotta be. It's on Stars. Yeah. Uh, so if you have Stars, I think Stars is part of Hulu. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm sure you could rent it on Amazon or uh, iTunes. Or if you own it, good for you. Yeah. 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 yeah circle back to the you know to the Die Hard lore <laughs> again. Um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, we'll catch you next week for your Christmas uh, movie or special. It's a special. Until then, we wish everyone safe traveling, physical distancing, and keep wearing those masks. Yes, be safe, everybody. Peace.